0: This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Alright, what's up you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. Today I had the opportunity to sit down with Georgia Smith. She is... Literally, a lady over at OPEX Fitness that does so many things. She wears so many different hats, um, but her official title is, is she is the education advisor and content marketing manager for OPEX Fitness. She is also a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu blue belt, I believe, and uh, we jumped into a little bit of that in the show, but mainly we discussed her role at OPEX, what she does for the company, and all the different hats that she wears, and then we kind of unravel some of the, you know, uh, different things that they do as a company, and how, uh, you know, they plan all the content production that they do, and then we jump into her training as well. So we kind of took a bunch of different uh, you know different turns inside of this show but it was a great conversation Georgia was super fun to interview and she she shared a bunch of information about Opex as a company and how they do things so um, for my coaches out there listening to this you're going to get so much value from this show and I'm excited for you guys and gals to listen now before we jump into the show, first and foremost, I always would love to get a five-star rating and review. So stop the show, head on over to iTunes, make sure that you leave that five-star rating and review. And then um, I always love going in there and reading those and uh, you know getting your feedback from you guys about the show. And then the other thing you could do would be to simply take a screenshot on your phone, then post it inside of your Instagram story, and then tag both georgia and i in it she is at coach georgia smith on instagram and i am at coach cody smith Uh, I love when you guys do that because it gives me an opportunity not only to shout you out and to share your post inside of my story, but also gives me an opportunity to connect with you guys. Uh, I love having the conversations that we do inside of the DMs, and you know, uh, seeing that people share that is always just a cool thing and and a a good push to remind me why to keep going with the show, why to keep producing content at the level that the show does. So again, that rating and review is one thing that you can help me with, and then the other thing would be to share that screenshot. Now, without any further ado, I'm gonna go and get Georgia on here. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation and I will talk to you on the next show. All right, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of being here on the interview with uh, Georgia of OPEX Fitness. Um, I reached out to her a few weeks back and said, "Hey, well, you know, would you like to come on the show and do an interview?" And and what I love about, um, especially all the people that I've had on o- uh, from OPEX on the show so far, is they're always just super forthcoming with their time and um, willing to, you know, preach about fitness and 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 you know, just share the knowledge that they have along the way. And um, Georgia, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you, Cody. I um I'm stoked to be here and chat with you. And like you just mentioned uh before, very cool to find out that you have some connection to Jiu Jitsu as well. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to chat about that later on. But yeah. uh, as soon as you sent me that invite, I went to check out your podcast episodes. And the first one I saw was like your training tips uh, mm-hmm. for. Strength and conditioning around BJJ.
0: Yeah, so yeah. that made me smile. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome too. You know what? There's always this apprehension. um I feel like I live a double life sometimes because I've got, you know, uh, all of my martial arts people that I love to talk about jujitsu with, and I've got, you know, my fitness crowd. And I'm like, oh, I'm so torn. Uh, and my mentor is like, dude, just talk about stuff you like. It'll be fine. And, and that episode had a ton of downloads. So it's super cool that people are listening to it. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, Georgia is, um, you know, one of the, the I'm going to say the head honchos. I'm sure you like keep everybody in line and you kind of facilitate a bunch of things over there at <laughs> OPEX, but um, I don't want to ruin and tell your story for you. Uh, Georgia, who are you in a in a nutshell and uh, tell your story to the people listening.
1: Yeah. So uh, my name is Georgia Smith, uh, Cody, we we share a surname. And my brother's name is actually Cody, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of weird. He's. Yeah. My, my married name is Smith, so he's Cody Sheridan, not Cody Smith. Oh, but okay. Anyway, <laughs> just just a funny side note. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my name's Georgia Smith, and I, am, uh, I work for OPEC Fitness, uh, so we're a coaching edu- education company, uh, broadly in the functional fitness space, um, but increasingly working with personal trainers and people from all walks of life, from the fitness world now, and my role inside of there. I I came to OPEX, uh, I was working as a coach uh, prior to coming to work for Headquarters and my first role inside of the company was an education advisor role, which is something I I now still do, but I'm on the phone like chatting with prospective coaches, uh, vetting them for the program and ultimately selling them into it. But over time that evolved into uh, my role as now content marketing manager, so All of the free guides and uh, educational content that we put out on the marketing side that hits your inbox and your Instagram uh, on a regular basis, I'm working with our team to put that together and just making sure that everything we put out is uh, relevant to coaches and is in line when it comes to subject matter. Uh, We have an awesome team here. It's kind of a 50-50 split of people that are fitness coaches and people that are more experts in their realm. So I get to make sure we're all speaking the same coaching language and uh, yeah, just helping coaches.
0: That's funny too. You, you know, you talk about your, y'all's like broad, you know, variety of team. Um, you, you know, obviously I'm like vetting whoever I have to have on. Cause I just want to be, you know, make sure that we maximize our time together and I don't get on here and like, you know, bumble and stuff like that. But um I went and I looked on like the Meet the Coaches page uh, and something that kind of stuck out to me is like when you scroll over a person's face, like there's like this like funny meme that plays or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then I like hit everyone and I'm just laughing to myself and, and almost all of them are um, pretty fitting. Um, and, and so I believe, so I, I'm a CCP coach or still going through the process of becoming a CCP coach and mm-hmm. uh, I have like a little bit left at the end of it and then um, some of the final project, which is quite an undertaking. Um, but I'm pretty sure Megan was the one, uh, Megan Sweet, I believe, was the one who vetted me and got me into the CC program um, a few years back. So I kind of scrolled on her and I was like, I'm was like, i pretty sure that's the one who kind of sold me into it. Um, so did you first become familiar with OPEX, like via the CCP program and going through that yourself?
1: Yeah, I did. So Megan was the person that I spoke to okay. on the party <laughs> when I went through <laughs> CCP as well. Yeah. Back in it was 2017 that I went through, and gosh, if you told me at that point I was going to be coming out and working for the company, I would have probably slapped you in the face and told you not to be stupid. (laughs) Um, But I was (laughs) at that point, I was uh, managing and head head coach at a CrossFit gym, so uh, doing the coaching thing full time. uh, You know, wake up first thing in the morning, coach for a couple hours, spend time during the day emailing, calling people who you know requested a consult with the gym. Uh, doing social media, writing blogs, doing program design for the gym, doing some PT clients, and then back to coaching in the afternoon. Uh, and there was just like a little piece of me that was like, something is wrong with what I'm doing. Uh, like I'm not helping people as much as I could be, which really sought me to go and look for more education. And that ended up being CCP. And it was this kind of process of the wool being pulled back from my eyes where I loved what I did. Like I was chatting with uh, Emma, who's on our team, our creative Mm -hmm. manager. I was chatting with her this morning. She was asking me these questions for this brand video we're putting out about like how CCP, you know, kind of, kind of changed my life and what was I doing prior. And gosh, I really loved coaching all the time. I loved coaching in a group setting. I had a lot of fun doing it, but there's like, there was just something that told me that what I was doing you know, there wasn't right and it wasn't getting the people uh, what they really wanted mm-hmm. uh, out of out of their fitness. So went through CCP, uh, just totally aha moment, uh, lost all the CrossFit dogma that had been kind of holding me back a little bit for on a personal level. And then, then for my clients as well, came out to Scottsdale a few times uh, to visit here for like live immersion, program design course. Uh, again, like just had this, Desire to work with the team so much and help them push forward what they wanted to do uh, with OPEX. and then right around the time I graduated from my final project, which is not a small undertaking, like it's you said, gosh. but a very worthy one, <laughs> a very worthy one. For sure, uh, for sure. Right about that point, I got a I got a job to come out and work with the team. So kind of a dream.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny too because you know that's the first thing I thought when I started going through CCP is you know a lot like you, there's a there's a lot of you know for me a long time like my identity was attached to like the whole competitive crossfit thing and i did it for years i mean there was i recorded a podcast yesterday just talking about like my time over training and what i kind of experienced during that and uh you know a lot of light bulbs went out went off when i started to go through ccp and i guess inadvertently i spent a lot of time like kind of downloading the free stuff and following james and carl and seeing all these different people talk about things and um as i went through the ccp i was like it, it was almost like you you know you, i forget which pill is the pill in matrix to where like you come you know into real life. Yeah, right? yeah 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 so uh, i think it's the red pill I, yeah so i finally got red pilled and i'm just going through this stuff and i was like um just realizing that there there is a better approach to delivering you know fitness at the next level, right? And knowing that, uh, you know, constantly varied functional movement is probably not the end all be all to fitness. Um, Although, you know, it got me into the game and got me to really love working out and stuff like that. But for me, CCP had, you know, they came along and um, you guys were applying principles to things that I just couldn't articulate well as a coach. And then as I went through the CCP program and then combining that, like, you know, reading research papers myself and then getting different mentors along the way, it's really kind of created this um, this giant melting pot, if you will, of just information and knowledge around training. And, um, you know, I'm super thankful that, you know, you know, a company like OPEX will come along and create stuff like that because um, I would recommend anybody listening to this to go through the CCP program because um, for me, it it really helped me to understand complex subjects inside of CrossFit because, I mean, you guys can, you know, you probably ought to speak more on this than me, but um, it's not exactly easy to apply concepts and principles to things where there's, you know, 50 moving pieces at any given time.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, And it was just uh, so so incredible to me like James's ability so James Fitzgerald who's a OPEX founder like his ability to articulate and help coaches like peel back those layers and understand all of the moving pieces that go into mixed modal or CrossFit style training uh, just it's just super super beautiful and I remember When I started to slowly understand like this notion of dose response and like that people shouldn't just be, you know, hitting their Metcon, going super hard on round one and like, you know, three rounds into it, unable to string together their pull ups or on the floor, you know, dying, sweating, like realizing that there should be this like consistent and sustainable output across a piece and getting to communicate that to my clients and seeing their eyes light up. And this was in a group setting, like still being able to have that conversation and educate people and, and just help them realize that you don't have to kill yourself in the gym at any point. I really think like, even in that group, even if you're not working individually with people, you can still get that message across if you're willing to like sit down and talk to people about it.
0: Yeah. It's funny too. You know, um, uh- my mentor and I called James the fitness philosopher, uh, and I told him that when I had him on the show, and he just kind of chuckled. He's like, I've been called a lot of things, but not the fitness philosopher, and he's, and I guess now, like, it, it's, it's getting called it a lot and stuff like that, and I swear we came up with it first, um, but uh, I had him one, and it's true because he he speaks very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? He just gets you kind of fired up about stuff, right? That You know, he's super passionate, and that's something that I can appreciate because um, I think – for for a leader like him to get the attention and to go against the grain per se you have to be pretty passionate and then um, also uh, very certain and then willing to fight a little bit too because i know he's been in some tips with people along the way but um you know it, from what i've seen he always seems to be the 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 closest to correct and the farthest away from being wrong and uh, i can really appreciate that about him and, and i would attest to that too the intention piece behind doing something because you know i run a group fitness facility as well uh you know we do individual design and stuff too but um, something that I believe that we do better than anybody in our area is that there is intention behind everything, right? And our programmers who make the programming for the group, you know, we take a look, we get, we get together and we talk about like, Hey, where are, where do our clients need to be better? And, um, and we know fully that at best, you know, there's a good percentage of people in that room that are kind of missing the mark. But um, for most of them, they're kind of happy with just getting in there and sweating and moving. And we're trying to deliver the most, you know, uh, the, the most appropriate dose response to them. Um, but we always, in the classes this is what we're looking for this is the time let's try to choose a way that allows you to do x but it's all meant to have that intention behind it um and you know as far as in our area we're the only ones that are doing it and doing it well um so i have a kind of a follow-up question with that you on a daily basis at opex i'm sure you're around in my opinion, like some of the, you know, the more intelligent people in the fitness industry, or in the coaching industry. What is that like? What is that like to always just kind of, you know, the level of coaching at any given time is, you know, very high. Um, what type of environment does that create?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been an incredible learning curve over the last year, or last two years, I suppose, that I've been here with OPEX, uh, working for HQ but I think you don't really realize it until you stop and you look back at where you were and the thoughts you were having two years prior. Mm-hmm. Cause when you're exposed to it on a daily basis, like, I remember the first time James walked into my office like when I was there as an employee and he was wearing his broken socks and socks like he <laughs> does. And that was just so cool to me. Like it was almost, I'd met him before, but it was almost like being a little bit starstruck, you know, yeah. uh, but over time, like it just becomes the norm and, and you get used to these like challenging conversations at lunchtime and uh, being around a bunch of people who really just value fitness. And it's like a part of their life. and. I have certainly become a healthier person and and more balanced in my practices just because of the people that are around me over the last two years. I've absolutely, you know, absorbed so much um, from just being on the gym floor, doing my own workouts and having Carl or Sam or James or someone else from the coaching team there, correct me. And then getting to, uh, we so with the with the move with the facility move we now have a smaller headquarters and OPEX North Scottsdale which was previously on site they've moved just down the street and they have their own space for their clients now too but uh, I was coaching there for for the first two years that, that I was with OPEX and I've stopped floor coaching now just because uh, I've gotten gotten increasingly busier <laughs> and with the move it was finally time to you know take that off the schedule and just just give me myself a bit of a break there and I'm putting more energy into jiu-jitsu and starting to do a little bit of uh, teaching there now too which is really cool nice, but nice but having the opportunity to work with the, uh, with the North Scottsdale team on site, be surrounded by those coaches, participate in their like weekly and monthly education was incredible. And uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten so much from that Cody.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Um- so speaking of that, I was going to one of my questions was because I knew for a time you would still do, you know, floor coaching and programming and stuff like that. And I know now you have a huge role with the like the media side of the house. Uh, that was kind of going to be one of my follow up questions is like, are you still coaching? Because for me, I'm thinking about like, you know, I write a ton of programs. I do podcasting. I have all these things going on. And there's like in any given time, I'm like, OK, I got 10 minutes to eat because I need to be here. I need to be here. Um, that was kind of going to be a follow up question. It's like, how do you juggle all those things? Cause I know you do a ton of different things.
1: Yeah. So uh, to answer, I guess, your first question, I am still coaching. I have eight remote clients that I work with. Uh, Second piece, uh, it's definitely been learning to peel back and prioritize a little bit. So over the last year, slowly reducing my floor schedule um, with with the time I was on the floor until I'm not doing that anymore now. Mm -hmm. And then just... (laughs) Being highly efficient, like I do like to think of myself as a pretty efficient person and a pretty hard worker. Uh, I've also always been incredibly busy, like from being a little kid, I was that child that you know, I, every day of the week, I had to have some kind of after-school activity. Uh, it drove my parents crazy because I could never sit still and relax. I was like always on to the next thing. Right. And I was kind of like that through school as well, you know, doing all of the things um, while doing school work and I think doing pretty well there academically. and. I think I've taken that into my professional life, just an ability to juggle a bunch of stuff uh, and walk that line of, you know, being having my plate being full and being fulfilled by that and excited by that. And then also like approaching burnout <laughs> and learning when I need to pull back from that a little bit.
0: That's funny too. Uh, so, so to kind of go with that a little bit too,
1: mm-hmm. I'm sure
0: on the other side of that, if you're not doing a bunch of things, what does that feel like?
1: If I'm, if I'm not doing a bunch of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, So my, my husband is kind of the polar opposite of me. Uh, I think like, I, I absolutely, you know, have my, my weaknesses and probably my ego is too big. And like, I push other people too much and I'm like kind of bossy and like all of this stuff, like people could point out all of my flaws, but he's like, his flaw would probably be sloth. Like he he can be lazy if he wants to be, he's also a hard worker. He's, you know, done well in his career, but he loves to be lazy. So he can like lay on the couch all weekend and watch movies and be so happy with that. And I can't do it. Like I'm fidgeting, I'm unfulfilled. I'm like, why am I wasting my time? So, yes, yeah, in short, It's not good. I just get really
0: bored. That's funny, too, because I just recently had a conversation with my mentor um, and he one of the things I was telling him was like, man, I just feel really lazy this week. Um, And, you know, so he did. Obviously, there's a bunch of follow up questions like, you know, what did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, bro, you just did everything you needed to do. Relax you know, go watch a Christmas movie. He's just trying to, you know, encourage me to just be okay with it. Cause I'm a lot like you. I'm like, okay, what's next? Uh, what can I create? What can I do? What can I, you know, what kind of conversation? Who can I hit up? Like, there's always something going. Um, but it is, you're right. It is important to, um, you know, for me, I have to learn to be okay with that. Um, but I'm not exactly sure. I haven't really figured that out yet. Um, so, uh, me neither. <laughs> so, so going with that, um, OPEX makes a lot of stuff right? There is content all the time. And I jokingly said that there's tons of PDFs and things that go out all the time in the inboxes and um, it, it keeps us busy with, you know, the, the education side of it. Um, is there, so let me think of how to ask this question. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of schedule of things that you guys want to roll out and stuff like that. Um, But what is really the driving force behind that sort of production, right? Is it just like a hyper focus on things that you need to create? Do you guys have, you know, um, you know, meetings where you come together and you just kind of throw out ideas? Like what does the production of content for this company look like?
1: Yeah, so we are, we're a small company, uh, which comes with it ups and downs, right? Sure. Uh, it's highly beneficial because it lets us be super reactive to work quite quickly, to not have to, work, you know, cut through a bunch of red tape uh, to be able to get stuff done. We can produce things really quickly. On the other hand, you know, it's always like it's a shortage of resources. You're, you're a small company, so people have to juggle a bunch of things and uh, wear a bunch of hats. So there's definitely pros and cons to it, but I love that environment. Like I, I enjoy being part of a small but highly efficient team that is like ready to, you know, pivot if they need to, and knows what they need to do, and all have a bunch of ownership over their own roles. When it comes to like actually executing on things and making sure we are putting out all of this content that we put out, we do run a pretty tight ship. So we, you know, we have our yearly goals that are set. We have quarterly objectives that the that are set, you know, from from Carl uh, and then the team working together as a whole. Uh, in each of our roles, we all have, have, all have our quarterly objectives that are connected to what the company's quarterly objectives are. So we know what we need to do in our roles to be able to achieve the numbers and, and do the things that the company needs to do. And then my, my role, like I do a lot of project management when it comes to actually, you know, putting together this free guide that we're, that we're putting out. So making sure that the team knows, you know, this is what we're doing this month. These are the dates that we need to hit. These are, you know, this copy deck is gonna be written by then, emails by this point, landing page by this point. It's gonna get handed over to this person who's gonna put this design element in, who's gonna get these emails set up. It's like a pretty finely oiled machine. Uh, And I would say like that's one of my unique talents is the ability to oversee a project and make sure people know what they need to do when they need to do it. But yeah. I do uh, for for content on the social media side. I put out like a monthly editorial calendar that has laid out exactly what we're going to be posting on each day. Uh, same thing for YouTube, and then for email, I work with our email marketing uh, guy, to Scott, who's awesome, mm-hmm. <laughs> to make mm-hmm. sure that uh, that calendar's all set. And then, of course, Megan Sweet, who you know, she's our CMO, so uh, she makes she keeps us all accountable and makes sure we're we're all doing our part. But yeah, I guess. Short answer is it's, it's all like planned out. And because mm-hmm. that structure is in place, people can go and, and run with what they need to do. That's
0: awesome too. Do you guys have a um like a rotation to everything? Like one, you know, this is a nutrition day. This is a lifestyle day. This is a programming day. This is a strength training day. Like, do you guys have a rotation that you try to keep for themes and stuff as well?
1: Yeah, there, there are certain, uh, I guess, campaigns that we put out mm-hmm. and certain, you know, topics that we want to hit on like a number of times uh, throughout the month. So I may know that over a month, we're going to put out like four lightboard learning videos, um, which are like kind of two to five minute uh, educational videos that are going to go on our YouTube and our social media. We're going to put out a quote card, uh, you know, once per week. We're going to put out a spot the fault video once per week. We're going to promote this lead magnet or this free download on this specific day and these five days after it. So there's key dates that are built in there. Like we know what dates our main campaigns are going. Uh, there's a general like structure to what the week is going to look like inside of that month, and then you can just kind of like tweak and play, uh, play from there.
0: That's awesome too. I was taking my head. I was like, you know, because I, I run a template as well, and I was like, man, like how would mm-hmm. I, you know, juggle all these things? I, I'm a, I have two. I have a media guy and then myself, obviously. So um, we can't quite, quite run the, uh, the fast moving ship as OPEX, but it's just a good idea to think about. So you guys did downsize, right? You guys used to have that massive warehouse. I remember like the giant wood planked um, OPEX, you know, logo in the background and you guys downsized. Um, And I think I asked you this on social media the other day, like you guys changed it and and moved into a new gym. Um, Was that was that kind of like COVID showing you guys like the way that you needed to move as far as a company? Or was that something that was kind of always in the works for you guys?
1: It was definitely COVID. Uh, there were no plans to go remote prior to that or to downsize and change the facility. Uh, I, I don't think we realized we could be a remote company uh, and have the ability to work like this. It's not something we'd ever done. A couple of our employees, um, contractors, had worked remotely, but it was not really encouraged and it wasn't part of our workplace culture. And then COVID kind of forced this hand on us and we all went home And said goodbye to that building and we continued to do our job remotely and things were okay. Uh, Things were actually better than okay. It's been an amazing year for OPEX. Uh, We've we've done really cool things as a team. uh, And in terms of like the number of coaches coming into our system, we're seeing like really positive uh, results there. And gosh, there's definitely some things that you lose from being remote. It's harder to have strong relationships with your coworkers. You don't get to chit chat in the kitchen when you're making the pour over coffee because we have, you know, bougie pour over uh, it. That's who we are. (laughs) Like you miss out on that. You don't get to do team training sessions. But at the same time, like I know for me and for so many of our team, it's given us a lot more balance in our everyday lives. We're not like leaving the house at 6 a.m. and getting home at, you know, 8 or 9 p.m. because so many of us have we work out. We have other activities that we go mm-hmm. to. Uh, it's it's just it forced us to relax a little bit to slow down and to realize that we could still do what we wanted as a company and allow people to work from home. So, so there's,
0: so there's no workplace just, anymore. There's not, not, not like a place for you guys to come together and, and meet. We and stuff. do okay.
1: we, we do have flex offices. So okay. we have, gosh, I think like half of our team is now like out of state or in different countries. Uh, Cause some of them chose the, you know, with COVID to go back to where they're from and, and live with their families and move out of state. But uh, yeah, we have we have flex offices. Currently, there are no chairs and tables in them. There may be actually. Today is the official moving day, mm-hmm. but the movers were moving the furniture over, uh, so there may be tables and chairs in there today. But uh, James will have his office. He'll still work from there daily, and then we'll have flex offices for the rest of the team. Uh, and then you know people will come out come in and train uh, from the gym daily. But yeah, no big big building with uh you know 20 offices in it because we just don't need that anymore
0: yeah which is cool um it's funny as you were talking uh, you know we you know we do quite a bit of like online coaching ourselves and um, which was very helpful when COVID hit because it was very easy to pivot and to be able to move a lot of things online. And um, we were users of TrueCoach for a long period of time, too. So it was just this very easy transition, as uh, easy as it could be, other than not being able to see our people all the time. Um, but for you guys, does that mean the immersion structure kind of changes, too? Because I remember that was a big part of y'all's business as well, as like coaches would come in and see you guys. I know that's kind of on hold because of the whole COVID thing right now. But um, is that something that still will go in the future for like coaches that want to come and see and, and be part of these workshops?
1: Yeah, so we're working through that right now. <laughs> but <laughs> what we did temporarily, um, at least as an alternative for now, was a digital immersion uh, mm-hmm. for our last cohort. And that is something we plan to do again uh, early next year for the next group. So there will still be a digital immersion. Obviously, like Zoom's okay. It's not the same as being in person, but it still does provide some option for connection and that like real time, uh, we're all in this together kind of feeling that you get from the lab courses. And then the goal is to be able to go back to live events uh, next year for, for our coaches, host a big live coaches summit for everyone to come out to. Uh, I think October is the date that that is planned for. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we have learned this year, uh, we're kind of at the mercy of the universe. And so I don't want to make any promises because who the hell knows? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my God! We were, I, but Coach, my team and I were just having a conversation this morning about like, uh, at any given time, you're like, "What is going on?" Like, you, you just, you're just generally confused most day as to what's going to happen next week, right? Uh, and for us, we're just trying to keep our head down and keep going. Um, so, speaking of that, um, I feel OPEX is kind of at the you know the forefront of like what things are going to look like in the future, right? You guys are starting to talk a little bit about it. Um, both as a company and even for yourself, like, where do you see, you know, we have a lot of coaches that listen to this show. Um, For the coaches listening, where do you see kind of the industry moving towards? I know that, um, I I think we share the same belief that most things are going towards more individual, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, But what other, you know, twists and turns do you see the industry as a whole kind of going?
1: Yeah, I think that this year has really taught us a lesson um, by forcing those that were lucky enough to work remotely to go remote
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, to exist in that in that setting. And so many of the things that we like thought we had to leave our house to do, and we had to like you know add commute time to our schedule to do, we don't actually have to do that. And like we don't have to go into a physical gym to work out. It is possible to have a set of dumbbells or a barbell in your home and like actually work out and be completely fine and have a great quality of life and be healthy and moving forward doing that uh, at least for your average person that is not to say that i think like everyone will be doing remote training and working out from home but i think that at least in in our circle and the people who are already exposed to uh like individual design and to uh like personal personal training Mm -hmm. there's been a huge benefit for them to be able to do that at least some of the time online is never going to be as good as in-person. Like it just isn't going to be. Uh, So I do think people will go back to gyms and they're going to want to have that connection with their coach, have that connection with their community, um, especially like if you're doing a group class. I've spoken to so many you yeah. know, group, people from my old CrossFit gym and they're like, it was terrible having to do this thing online. Like it was, just wasn't the same. So those people are for sure going back because they're there for the community. But for people who are doing some form of personal training or individual design coaching, like our clients are, I think they're going to want that flexibility. So more people training at home or doing some hybrid, like, you know, remote, local remote kind of approach, which so many of the OPEX gyms are doing now with their local communities. And just people making sure that their ability to do exercise isn't dependent on a physical location and they can actually still look after their health, uh, even if they don't have access to that gym.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with all that stuff too. We've really seen it like, as far as for like our business, we've seen it really go two ways. We've seen some people that have completely built out their garages. They've got tons of stuff to work out with, which is kind of good because, you know, once I went through CCP and, um, again, I'm not finished yet, I will finish it. Promise. It's a thing guys, like those of you listening, like call me out on it, you know, you know, hit me in my DMS, email me, whatever. But, um, Something that I really like appreciated about um, CCP was that it gave me this other element to add to my business. So then when people went at home and started working out their garage, they still wanted coaching. They still wanted somebody to kind of facilitate. It just allowed me to take that bolt on that I'd added into my business and really just c- to continue to deliver to our clients. And um, for my coaches out there, like something that I really value about like things that OPEX teaches and, and things that I tend to talk about now as well is like through like good scientific principle and concepts and understanding dose response and all these different things, it really doesn't matter if somebody has a set of dumbbells or just the barbell with 135 pounds in weights and you know, a rower in a single box. Like if you understand all these different elements, um, you can still create a really cool training program, just kind of sticking to those things too. So um, I think, and I and I will stand by this. Is like I don't think COVID really did anything then other than like really expose a lot of things that people had weaknesses in, right? And really uh uh forced us as coaches to level up and and really you know what are we in this for? Do we want to continue to do this or not? Um. So yeah, I can. But for you know as far as where the industry is going, um. Somebody else recently had said something along the lines of like everybody's going to work out at home. Nobody's going to go to gyms anymore. They're going to use things like Peloton and the mirror and all these different things. And I was like, you know, unless they make some really cool AI coach that'll stand next to you and and teach you through things, I don't know that, you know, a coach will ever be replaced. Um, So speaking of that, I've heard James actually talk about that recently too. It's like, you know, he thinks eventually there'll be like some AI that'll run you through everything and kind of handle everything for you. Um, I'm curious about this too. You guys produce so much content. it, It is... It, to my knowledge, very it's all original. You guys have named it and coined it different things and branded it very, very well. Um, I know for me, like I, I've been coaching for 10 years, but there's still periods of times and places that I have to go to learn and to educate myself and stuff like that. So for you guys as a company, is there particular sources that you can share with you know the coaches listening to this other than Opex to where maybe you guys go to get inspired or to go and learn education? Oh, that's
1: such a good question. Or does
0: James just think it up and it just beamed down to him from the, the higher heavens and he just comes to you guys with it? Or Carl too. He's a really smart guy as well.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that visual of James. I can totally, totally see just that. downloading
0: hard. stuff. I mean, James,
1: James is an avid reader. So if you mm-hmm. follow him on Instagram, uh, he is like always posting about the book he's reading on the podcast he's listening to. Uh, I His ability to absorb information from so many different areas is like just incredible to me. I w- walked into the gym the other day we had like a mini like temporary studio set up for us to train where we would normally film we were, we were working out because mm-hmm. fitness has to happen. That's true. Uh, but he was listening to a podcast on like Samurai. Uh, he, he just has like so many boss interesting like you know inputs of information mm-hmm. that he uses to kind of round out his worldview around fitness. So I, I would I would go check out his social media mm-hmm. uh, if you want to look to see what he's listening to. I feel like I'm still in the stage where I'm absorbing what those guys, uh, you know, are teaching and putting sure. out. Like I'm still so learning so much from inside of our system. So and especially because I'm trying to represent our education mm-hmm. to coaches out there who are thinking about doing CCP or following our social media or checking out our website my main focus is really like integrating everything I learned in CCP and then taking advantage of like all the continued education resources we have. Like we have, you know, OPEX gyms calls, James is like always putting out knowledge series webinars and a bunch of additional content. So like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like, you know, climb out of the uh, OPEX education hole. And I feel like that happens for coaches. They go through CCP and for like five years after Mm -hmm. they are really just like, they're sucked into that and the application of those principles. So yeah, there's no, nowhere that I'm like actively seeking, I guess, formal education right now. Uh, I look to what our community is doing. So Inside of the OPEX world, we have so many of like our gym owners, they have like their own like specialty. So I love to check out what they're doing and where they're learning from and, you know, exploring that. But education beyond that hasn't been a priority for me recently, just because I'm still, I've got so much around me in my immediate sphere that I, if I tried to go beyond it, it probably wouldn't be helpful for me.
0: Sure, sure. Um, So let's change gears a little bit. Um, I, I definitely wanted to touch on the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu thing because I, you know, mm-hmm. you see, you know, guys like Jason Kalipa. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of Chad Wesley and Smith. He's another guy. Um, you're just, you're just seeing a ton of people. I feel within like whether it's CrossFit or functional fitness that are kind of transitioning into practicing martial arts or maybe there's just because they're not competing and do all this stuff all the time they have time to do other things um, and, and it's fascinating to me because I feel like it's a perfect fit you take a fit person you know you take a you can take a Georgia who is strong fit has been you know taking care of her body for a long time and then you put her into a very physical thing like martial arts and allow it allows her to prosper maybe faster than somebody who didn't do any of that stuff and it's fascinating to me um, so my question would be how did you find your way to jiu-jitsu and um, how's that going currently like what's your training schedule like like I, now, I, I don't. I don't want to put you out. Like you know, there's some gyms that are riding dirty. I'll fully say my gym is open and we're running and we're, you know, we're fighting the good fight and we'll, you know, take the repercussions that you know can or can't or can or won't come. But um, for you, how'd you get into it and what does that look like now for you with your training and stuff?
1: Yeah, I don't know how I first. Like I don't remember what it was that first made me intrigued by it. But there were these like rumblings in the CrossFit world. of so many people, like you said, who kind of transitioned from competing in CrossFit to this jujitsu thing and I think I was just looking for another challenge I wanted to play a sport like I thought it was the idea of doing some kind of of a sport was really cool uh you know you're in CrossFit you're training for yourself love the team competition but like ultimately it's a pretty like selfish sport right (laughs) there's not a lot of like C- camaraderie and teamness around like the competitive aspect of it compared to you know I played water polo in high school and I think that probably like gives you a little bit of insight into why I chose jujitsu. Mm-hmm. water polo is incredibly violent and I love that about, I about it I got about to say that's a very so, physical
0: sport right like I've seen videos yeah. and they're like really getting after most people hear water polo and they're like oh, okay great but I've seen like I'm like guys have you seen any of those videos they're kind of savage they get after it
1: oh my gosh yeah, yeah. you have to have like two two pairs of swimmers because uh you know girls core underwater and one end up, ends up getting ripped and you know you make sure you keep your fingernails like as long as possible you slant your fingers back when the ref like checks your fingernails so you can oh really God. scratch someone else's sides. yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> but anyway I, when i look back at that i'm like it makes sense that i chose jujitsu as the sport to go into um post crossfit uh that and i've just like always loved to rough and tumble like i've always been like a very physical person and love to wrestle and like mm-hmm. that's maybe not a thing that's like normal for most women or like encouraged in most women but it was always the way it was I was like me and my brother like sport like cats <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah made that transition it's been about three years now that I've been training uh last year has been a little a little rough uh with COVID there was about six months or so that my gym was closed and sorry, I didn't, I didn't have any of it. Uh, mm-hmm. we, did, we did the Zoom class for, for a short period of time. I had my like dummy, uh, which was my D-top like stuffed with with pillows, but uh, not the same. Did you put the not noodle? The we,
0: we, we like did these plans where like you would stick towels in and you stick this like pool noodle through the arms yeah. and then, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't do the noodle I, oh, had okay. the, I had the towels in the arms right, so right. that's a good idea maybe that would have been better
0: <laughs> yeah it just makes it more like pliable so the arms kind of come to you and stuff like that so you can do your drills and stuff
1: yeah so the last six months or so um not the last six months the last couple months have been great i've been back in there mm-hmm. you know you know yeah yeah undisclosed cobrally. undisclosed location yeah you know. <laughs> But oh gosh, I can't stop again. I can't stop for six months again because yeah. it was so awful going back into it. And uh, there was something you, you said, you know, it's a great, you, you made mention of like Georgia's fit. She's strong. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great natural transition for her to start jujitsu. Let me tell you, it was not. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first six months of my uh Jiu Jitsu Korea um, back when I first started, it was awful. Like I was hurt all the time because I was so not used to rotating at oh, all. Okay. I had no rotation. Um and I just like wanted to muscle through everything. I did not know how to. I just have like I have nightmares still when my first professor, his name was Vic, and he was very old school. And he called me Ozzy, and he would just yell at me, Ozzy! Move your fucking hips. <laughs> Move your hips because I just could not. I, I couldn't do it. So first six months was pretty rough. I broke my toes. I uh, cracked the rib. I I just did so much stuff to my body. But after that, it was uh, it's been it's been a good uh, good good experience. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's funny too. You know, that's something that um, and I and I'm pretty sure I talked about that in my podcast. Is like you, you know because my jujitsu studio and my gym are connected, right? There's a lot of like cross pollination between. Uh, and, and more or less on the individual training side to where <clears throat> my jiu competitors will come over and get programming and So I really had to kind of come up with this framework of like what I would deliver to them because uh, I do know that In a lot of cases, there's not like you mentioned like uh, The rotational stuff that you see a lot of the like isometric holding that you have to do that you experience when you do jujitsu. I had to really kind of create this framework around it because you're right like uh, I actually took a little bit of time off. I took about four years off from training, and this was at the same time I was kind of growing my business. And uh, when I came back into it again, that's something I noticed as well. It was like, things kind of hurt, right? Little tweaks in my back, little tweaks in my hips, and um, I, I had to really come up with, like, you know, a complete transformation of my own personal training because when I was writing programs for myself, I needed to make sure that I was testing a lot of my theories out on myself and then trying to uh, really get ahead of a lot of those things that you're talking about experiencing. So are you training pretty regularly regularly now? Like once, twice a week, two, three times a week. Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I'm back in there three times a week mm-hmm. uh, now. When I first began, I was like all in, right? Yeah. Five days a week, Monday through Friday, rolling every day. Still doing a little bit of CrossFit, mm-hmm. trying to be super lean, uh, mm-hmm. not sleeping super well, working a coach's schedule, and I burned myself out on it a little bit for sure, Sure, (laughs) like along with all those injuries in those first uh, six months and onwards, I totally screwed up my hormones, uh, unbeknownst to me, Uh, ended up with hypothalamic amenorrhea. So I didn't have a menstrual cycle for three years, Mm -hmm. which was super fun. It wasn't an issue until like, I started really like thinking about health critically and like, you know, what does health mean to me? And that I can credit James and OPEX for really forcing you to focus on that a little bit. but. Uh, yeah, I just I burnt the candle at both ends. I think I mentioned earlier, like I'm really good at like pushing hard until I until I reach that burnout point, and sometimes you just don't pull back soon enough. And I did that to myself in Jiu-Jitsu, so there was a lot of lessons I learned uh, around that. Um, since then, like things are things are on the mend, but even the last year, I only just got back into like actual rolling and not just going in and drilling and like trying to keep myself relaxed. The last three months, like, since uh, since COVID kind of ended, didn't end. That was the wrong thing to say. No. Since COVID, since we got really sick of not training
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
1: went back to the gym, honestly, um, I've only just gotten back into, like, actually going for it and rolling. So that's been hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, too, and, and you might experience this as well. I talk about it all the time, is it seems you know, we're, we're a little against the grain here at the gym. We're, we're opening, we're doing our thing and, uh, you know, doing the best we can. We have a 10,000 square foot facility, so we're able to keep pretty much good distance all the time. And, you know, uh, we've had to eliminate things like the high five, which is something we really love to give here at the gym. And, um, you know, hugs are hidden in the deeper corners of the gym where nobody wants to, you know, get caught. But with the jujitsu side, we've really, um, kind of been doing our thing since, you know, roughly June. And, it seems completely normal in the gym, right? You know, you're, you're, there's, you know, knock on wood, there hasn't been any outbreaks or anything like that, but it, it's, um, it's been nice to at least feel normal both at home and for our clients in the gym. And um, I'm sure for a lot of people listening to this who are uh, doing illegal activities, which is funny to even think they're illegal, to be doing illegal activities, that is probably just uh, something that we have to kind of deal with. Um, so for you, like, what does your like fitness training look like? You're doing martial arts. You probably work a thousand hours a day with you know doing the OPEX stuff. Like, what does your training and programming look like right now?
1: Yeah, so I worked with um, Coach Sean McGovern for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first moved to OPEX uh, to work there, I hired him as a coach and had an awesome two years with him because he really helped me slow down. <laughs> and focus on health. Uh, Training was not a priority anymore. Like my training was unrecognizable for me from what I'd been doing prior. I really just had to keep stuff easy and try to honestly put some weight back on and uh, build my hormones back up. And I'm in a place where I'm a lot healthier now, which is awesome. Since I started back at jujitsu, the last, I guess it's, it's been about three months now uh, since the gym technically didn't open back up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I've, I've taken my own programming on. And the reason for that is I have found, uh, especially when I'm rolling, it's really hard for anyone else to know what my body is being through on a daily basis yeah. um, because Jiu-Jitsu is so unpredictable. And it's almost unfair to ask another person who's not there experiencing it to write a program for me that can account for, you know, the shit that I went through the night before and the hundred times my body hit the mat and, you know, when that guy cranked on my neck like just in that wrong way and mm-hmm. that new white belt hyperextended my elbow. It's like it's so hard. Like it's really hard to balance those things. And uh, I am grateful that I have, you know, the, the skill set that I have. And I think I know my body pretty well now. And, I didn't always, you know, respect it like I should have, but Mm -hmm. I've reached a point where I am doing that now. So I've been programming for myself, which has been really fun, Uh, really fun. And the whole purpose and and goal and my priority right now is to get back on the mat in a way that's healthy and sustainable for me in a way that I'm not, you know, flaring up a bunch of, you know, past injuries and that I can breathe and feel really good about my performance. So, you know, (laughs) it's, No, it's asking a lot but I don't think it's too much uh, so long as I'm paying attention to everything that my body is sending me yeah. in terms of like actual training split do you want me to go into that stuff
0: uh, sure, I mean, yeah, you can go as deep as you want. I, I, I really want to paint a picture. Um, you know, again, we have a ton of coaches that listen to this, and, and I'm sure if they go and just look at your social media for any given amount of time, you're like, "Oh my gosh, you're doing so much stuff all the time. And um, I know for me when I was coming up, that was the first question I would always ask another coach who had been doing it at, you know at a high level. It was like, what do you do? How do you juggle it? What does that look like? Should I be doing six days? Should I be doing three days? Should I be doing two days? Like um, it, I, I, I do the best I can to kind of ink some of that out from coaches when I have them on the show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm someone that like, if if uh, I didn't hold myself accountable to it, sure. and I didn't know better, I'd be three hours in the gym every day. I just <laughs> love it. I love training. Right. And I also like, you know, I take that approach of more is better in all aspects of my life, mm-hmm. sometimes to my detriment. <laughs> but uh, training, like in the gym training, I have a pretty like hard and fast got to keep it to an hour rule now, uh, partly because of schedule, like I, I have an hour to get my workout in and that's that's it. Uh, because of that it's like a little bit self-limiting whereas when I was in the gym as a coach full-time as a coach before I could spend three hours in the middle of the day plotting from this to that to this to that and and I was able to do that I just can't anymore I love cyclical aerobic work now which is not something that I appreciated in the past and my body really appreciates that sure. uh, helps me breathe better on the mat and then just in terms of wear and tear not trying to do a, a bunch of mixed modal Metcons, uh, just just easier contractions on my body. You know, I'm not trying to do 150 wall balls and a bunch of double unders and a bunch of kicking pull-ups and stuff in a session anymore. I still love to be able to jump in on that stuff when I can. And I like to have a base level of fitness that lets me do some of it, but I'm not trying to do it every day like i used to
0: you mean you don't want to have sore quads sure. and then have somebody do a knee cut across of your across oh, your thigh
1: <laughs> that like just right, makes me feel right. sick to my stomach
0: <laughs> totally.
1: but yeah i i want to feel recovered enough to go on the mat and not have my hamstrings cramp every time i do a glute bridge because i did a bunch of heavy deadlifts the day before yeah yeah um it's just it's just not fun and it, it definitely doesn't serve me so cyclical aerobic work a couple of times a week. Uh, I do like two to three days of uh, like strength training, but I'm not trying to, you know, max out my back squat anymore. I'm not trying to actually push my numbers up. I just go in there, do some good feeling resistance, kind of hit all my movement patterns throughout the week. And uh, yeah, just don't worry about, I'm not trying to compete with myself uh, in the weight room anymore.
0: Yeah. And that's true. And, and that's something that, you know, that's a message that I really uh, try to push out as well Is like, you know, what can you do now? And then, um, you know, you know, months from now and years from now and continuously for the rest of your life and really trying to paint a, a real picture of like, why am I doing this training in the first place? And I know for, you know, OPEX as a, as a whole, you know, preaching the sustainable fitness model is probably not the sexiest thing to talk about with people, right? Because everybody wants to, you know, they want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days, and they want to get this two-week shred and this, that, and the other. It seems like that can be a very uphill battle. Um, would you agree that that is something that you guys are kind of pushing back on daily? And um You know, what are some of the, you know, the, the methods that you guys use to really to try to change people's mind? Because, you know, not everybody has the level of awareness like you're talking about to where it's like, Hey, like I didn't have a menstrual cycle. That's not good in the, in the heat of it. It was probably like, Oh, that's just normal because you know, that's what happens when you train for four or five, six hours a day or whatever it may be. So that's an unfavorable conversation. What are some tactics and methods, methods that you can share with coaches who want to coach under this model, but are scared they might receive pushback from their clients?
1: Yeah, I don't think people will be ready to hear things until they're ready to hear things, if that makes yeah, sense. Sure. sure. Uh, but if you have a really strong relationship with your community and they respect you as a coach and you share the intention and the why behind why you're giving someone something, then they should listen to that and take it on board because they're paying you to be their coach. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I feel very grateful for the community that I, that I had in my CrossFit gym. And then obviously now the community that I'm around, uh, I I just had the most amazing relationships with all the people um, back at my CrossFit gym and felt like I had their respect. So when I went through CCP and I started writing blogs about sustainability and aerobic training and cha- changing the way the program design looks for the gym, mm-hmm. They were okay with it. Like there were some people who weren't, they're like, I want classic CrossFit, you know, where are my muscle ups and trust is, Uh, you know, even though they can't put their arms over their head. But the people that had respect for me as a fitness professional uh, didn't challenge it. They asked questions uh, and I would give them an answer or let them know that I go figure out an answer if I didn't have one. And yeah, I think if you're willing to have those conversations with people But more than that, if they respect you because you've given them a reason to respect you, uh, then they're more likely to take it on board and there shouldn't be an issue. And if they aren't respecting you, then maybe they're not someone you should be working with.
0: Yeah. And that's something I really try to teach my coaches too is like, you know, because there are some other people that I help like mentor and kind of see them through their coaching journey. And something I, I, I always try to teach them is that listen a lot ask really good questions and then challenge directly, right? Because you, you, you really have to challenge somebody sometimes when they're like, Hey, you know, uh, and I just recently had a conversation with a gentleman who was like, why don't we do handstand pushups in the group sessions? And I was like, well, why do you want to do them? And he was like, I don't know, they look cool. And I was like, yeah, but what purpose does that serve towards your greater goal? And he's like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, well, what is your goal? And you, and you could kind of see as you like unraveled these questions to him, like Him not having the answers kind of challenged his belief. And ultimately he landed on, he was like, he's like, man, I guess I've got some work to do. I got to really start thinking about this. And I was like, yeah, because these are the types of things that, you know, as a coaching staff, we are thinking about for you um, and and really trying to help you um, to really give you the right tools to get there on your own. Um, But, you know, just really challenging him in that moment was a little uncomfortable, but it was also something that I felt was right at the time. Um, so for you, we're kind of running out of time here and I know you probably got a thousand other things that you need to do before the end of the day. Um, so a couple closing questions here. The first one is I'm, I'm big on, you know, biggest lessons that kind of people learn throughout their time. Right? So for you, after all these years of coaching, being around all these high level guys and gals, um, what is some of the best advice, like the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Um, And if you need to, I always like to share mine if if somebody, like, if you need to think about it for a second, but mine was like, you know, if you, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? And it's a lesson that I teach to my sons. It's something that we talk about very often in my family and in my team. So for you, like, can you think of that best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? Can I give you two? Sure, go for it.
1: All right. So the thing that comes to mind first and is like so in line with what OPEX is trying to achieve is. idea of defining function by the individual okay i I think that's just it's so important for coaches in the functional fitness and crossfit space because it's very easy to see this label of functional movement functional fitness and really like not understand what it is and just like assume that a bunch of exercises or a way of training is functional but just make sure you look at the person who's in front of you and figure out like is it actually functional to them Mm -hmm. so that's something I can definitely credit James for teaching me. Sure. And then another piece that comes from uh, my my former coach, Sean, uh, that he actually taught as an instructor inside of CCP when he had a role there, was the idea of the only thing that we can react, we can control is how we react to stress. Um, fairly type A anxious person. So, Taking a step back, and instead of just like seeing stresses as something that I inevitably have to dictate my day and how I feel, realizing that I'm actually in control of how I react to those things is something I remind myself very regularly.
0: I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so in parting, what are some things that, you know, where are some places that people can not only learn about you, but, you know, learn about the company that you represent and all that kind of stuff. Go ahead and throw out all your plugs. And, and I think I asked you this at the beginning of the show, but um, if there is anything that, you know, you can share or I can push for you on the show, just let me know and go ahead and plug yourself.
1: I appreciate that, Cody. And uh, I would encourage everyone uh, who is a coach themselves or just like interested in learning really cool stuff about fitness because we just try and put out valuable information uh, for both coaches and clients. Head to at OPEX Fitness on Instagram and then check out OPEX Fitness, uh, our YouTube channel as well. We are increasingly pumping some cool content there. Uh, if you want more information about our coaching education too, uh, www.opexfit.com will be the best place to uh, to check out uh, for some more resources. And then if you would like to follow me on uh, Instagram at Coach Georgia Smith, I am not super active on there. I'm not like great at the whole self-promotion piece. I love uh, I love Instagram for the business, not super great at it for me, but uh, I do tend to share my workouts there. So. And follow
0: me there awesome well georgia i really enjoyed the interview and thanks for sharing your time with uh you know my, both myself and the people listening
1: yeah it was a pleasure cardi thanks for having me on absolutely all righty
0: thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the virtuous fitness podcast i release episodes every single week you can find me at coach cody smith in the gym at virtuous fitness wa on instagram to stay up to date with all things virtuous fitness before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating and review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode.